1: First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space. slips a tackle. And there he goes. Crowder. It's a foot race. And Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown.
2: He'll hit, hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and it's The <laughs> q Oh, my gosh. Thank you.
0: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to talk about the midweek news and notes surrounding the New York Jets here on this bye week with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Mr. Chris Nimbley, Chris, let's start with Jeremy Fowler's report over at ESPN, which is that Marcus May very well could be on the block before the trade deadline. Now, we know his agent will be happy about that, but obviously, I don't know what the Jets could get here because May is in a lot of hot water. We know about the DUI, plus he's already injured. What could the Jets possibly get that would make it worthwhile? I will say, though, they did get a fourth-round pick for Chris Herndon, so anything's possible. Maybe if a team like Tampa or the Rams, which are the two teams that Fowler specifically listed in his report, want May and think he could be that final piece for a Super Bowl run, possibly you could get a fourth-round pick or something, and at that point you'd probably take it. But I just don't know what you're getting for Marcus May at this point, considering all the craziness that's surrounding him, including the injury, the DUI, the not notifying the team. His value can't be very high right now.
2: I, I'm with you. I don't know what Marcus I have I don't even know where to begin. Like but if they got a fourth for Chris Herndon, then they can get like forty fourths for Marcus May. <laughs> even after the DUI. Or they can get like uh, you know, and uh, they could get, I mean, if I'm using that as the gauge, they should be getting a couple firsts, but then we know that's not how it's going to happen. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine anything higher than a third. It, it would also probably depend on how many teams are, uh, you know, interested. If, if there's only one team really trying and they can't convince that team that there's a second team, then a fourth or a fifth is probably as best you're going to get. If you can pin two teams, two or three teams against each other, you might be able to get that third. Uh, you know, and I, would, I think that you probably could have gotten a second if it wasn't for the DUI stuff in uh, that same, same instant scenario. But so uh, highest high I think you get looking at is a third, uh, probably a fourth or fifth is more likely, though.
0: Even though the Jets are not going to be in action this week, they're still making moves, and one of those moves was to get rid of Sheldrick Redwine. He was on the active roster for a few weeks at safety, absolutely terrible. His most notable play was getting annihilated by Robbie Anderson and burned for a touchdown in week one. He got downgraded to the practice squad. Now he's gone. The Jets in his place have grabbed offensive lineman Drew Samia and signed him to the practice squad. The thing about Drew Samia that's interesting is I have no idea how he did in Minnesota. I'm going to guess it wasn't that good if he was available to be picked up here. But I remember liking him a lot coming out of college. He was a fourth-round pick. I wanted the Jets to take him instead of trading down and getting Trevon Wesco. So I guess now they get their opportunity with him to try and mold him into something. He's a young guy, showed some talent coming out of college. We know that Redwine isn't giving the Jets anything. So why not at this point, especially considering all the injuries that the Jets have on the offensive line?
2: Yeah, I mean, bring in all the help you can get, Uh, but you're not going to— also, you're not going to find any help that's really going to help at this point there, but I'm for it. And yeah. Letting Sheldrick red wine go. Yeah. That's I'll absolutely do that. Cause he wasn't bringing anything to you anyway. Uh, so go ahead and try out some more people, but yeah. Uh, you know, just for fans, keep those expectations low cause you're not, Picking guys up off the street in week five that are going to be able to come in and help on the offensive line. That's just not how it tends to work.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Let's talk about what's been said by Zach Wilson, Connor McGovern, and Robert Sala so far this week during these pressers. Zach Wilson said the Jets need to establish something in the first half of games. He's been watching film back, says he needs to make more throws. On the easy misses, he says that it's the byproduct of him overthinking instead of just throwing it. Said he's been aiming some of those throws, going through a little robotic phase, needs to just put it to a spot and let it fly. Also said that Elijah Moore is a baller and sooner or later people are going to see just how talented he is. We know the story with Elijah Moore, the star of training camp, and then so far he hasn't been able to do a lot. And I would argue that Zach Wilson and the coaching staff are part of the reason because we found out this week that Elijah Moore ranks among the top of the league in receivers who are getting open on a play-to-play basis. So I think that the Jets really have to start devising plays for Elijah Moore and getting him more involved. We'll get into that in a little bit when we talk about Robert Saleh's comments. What Zach Wilson said here, Chris, makes a lot of sense to me. It felt mental when I was watching him. You could just see it. He's thinking too much. He's trying too hard on those easy throws instead of just letting it happen. I joked with you. Reminds me a little bit of Happy Gilmore where he was smashing it off the tee and it was going a million miles. And then when he would have an easy putt, he just couldn't make it. And this isn't something that was on Zach Wilson's tape. With Josh Allen, this was baked into the cake, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into Robert Salah's comments, so you knew this is something you were going to have to deal with. This wasn't an issue for Zach Wilson at BYU, so that's a big reason why I think this is largely mental. It's not something that shouldn't be able to be fixed relatively easily. If Wilson buckles down and if the coaching staff works with him, but at least they recognize the problem, and I assume they're going to spend a significant portion of the bye week trying to make it better.
2: Uh, they, I mean, they better spend every waking second. <laughs> week. I know, I know. Zach is going back um, to spend time with his family and and to work with his personal quarterback coach, which. We, this is probably a conversation for another day, but we got to do something about these private quarterback coaches. And this isn't anything against John Beck and Zach Wilson working, but you know, I, I've, I've seen enough of Jordan Palmer's work in the past to know that I don't trust that these quarterback coaches are doing what's in the best interest for the quarterbacks. But again, different subjects for a different day. The short passes thing is just baffling. And uh, it's alarming. Honestly, at this point, the, the, the first couple of weeks of seeing it, I was like, all right, you know, nerves, rookie stuff. Five weeks in, we shouldn't still be seeing it. And at first, there was a couple of them where I'm looking, um, especially in the Titans game, I was at the stadium looking at, the, you know, the all-22 view I'm watching. And there's was, there was a couple times where, like, he's got the running back on, like, a swing and then another uh, receiver running on, a little out route from the slot. And it's he's looking at both of them. And it's like he couldn't decide which one to throw it to. So he just ends up throwing it straight down the middle and not near either of them, but some of them, I mean, I, it doesn't, the only thing that makes sense is mental, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a hiccups uh, type of thing, a a Chuck Knobloch uh, type of situation, you know, Mm -hmm. or he's got the yips. Like that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, to to be that off on these short little tiny throws like that, there's no other explanation. Um, so I, you know he's overthinking the yips. That's that's what the yips are. That's that's what it is. You know everybody that's ever gotten out of the yips has a different way for how they went about getting it out and. No, oh, it's a lot, of, a lot probably most likely the best answer is really just like a lot of things in life. You just kind of have to write it out until you get out somehow. Uh, but that's a hard thing to do while you are playing in NFL games. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but they have to find it quick because I don't care about what, how, like, you could be great at everything else. If you can't do that at all, that's going to be a problem. And the longer it goes, the bigger of a problem it, it, it becomes. And, you know, might be harder to turn around, get deeper and deeper in your own head. So that is definitely something that they got to figure out. The Elijah Moore thing, you know, I, I'm not worried about that long term, especially. Yes, you, you need to get him more than 16, uh, you know, reps in a game. But also, he was coming off the concussion, and then they flew to London. They had a short week of practice, uh, so he didn't get a practice the week before, and they got a very limited amount of practice in in London. So they just didn't – like, he wasn't going to get the reps that uh, that, uh, week, no matter what. That's just – there's a lot of things you can go ahead and – with the the coaching staff, especially the Mims stuff, go at, absolutely uh, put put all on them. But playing Elijah Moore last week, uh, I I don't think would have been different in almost any other uh, coaching staff coming off the concussion and then flying to London for a short week of practices uh, it, it, for a rookie. We're not talking about you know a, a veteran receiver here. a Rookie, they they want to see him practice. So it getting you're going to get to see more there, especially coming off the bye. But the the big thing there, this is the other uh, criticism I have of Zach, is he needs to stop locking on to Corey Davis. I talked about this a lot during trading camp. It was every day. It was just the Corey Davis, Corey Davis, Corey Davis, and it was working. So there was no reason to think anything bad about it. But, uh, a Corey Davis has kind of let him down at times with some drops uh, but B also you got other people getting open Elijah Moore is getting open he is doing a little too much locking in and just strictly focusing on Corey Davis he needs to get out and scan the field a little bit more and be able to find Elijah Moore getting open because like you said and mentioned 80 83 82% of the time he's getting open like he's getting open he there's going to be plays to be made there Quarterback needs to find them.
0: And Chris, just to put a bow on the Zach Wilson story, he wasn't missing like this in training camp on easy throws, and he wasn't missing like this on easy throws in the preseason. So that, to me, adds even more to the theory that this is largely mental. Like you said, they've really got to get this figured out quickly, and I think they're going to work diligently on it over the bye week. Robert Sala also spoke to the press on giving up touchdown passes with Bryce Huff and John Franklin Myers in pass coverage. Sala said zone pressures have been working for the Jets all season. First time anyone noticed their defensive ends in coverage when it works, you're a genius. When it doesn't, you're an idiot. Atlanta, the first team to exploit this. What happens at linebacker when Jared Davis is ready? Looks like it'll be Mosley and Davis as the top two linebackers, meaning Quincy Williams could drop a peg. Davis will get full game reps when he's healthy, said Salah. When healthy, he is a starter in this league. I'm not so sure I love that answer from him because if Quincy Williams is still playing great, I would say ride the hot hand, especially when it's Jared Davis, but I guess we'll see how that plays out. Salah disagrees with the roughing call on Williams. We'll get to the point where we get the benefit of the doubt on those plays. Right now, it's an uphill battle. I think he was censoring himself there. Didn't want to get fined. On the Mekhi Becton unleash Mims tweet during the game, says he didn't even know about it until today's Zoom call. Doesn't think it was malicious at all. Asked if he will use the bye week to rectify the Mims situation. Salah said... I don't know if there's anything to rectify in that relationship. Praises, quote, Mimsy, I guess that's what he called him, and says he's earning his reps and he'll continue to do so. Said the reason that Elijah Moore's playing time was limited is because the offense didn't have that many plays for him. That, to me, is a very strange answer. So we'll go through all of this, Chris. Like I said, if Quincy Williams is still playing well, I would strongly consider keeping him where he is. As far as Huff and John Franklin Myers getting caught in coverage... I guarantee you that the other teams were watching that. They're going to be looking at that tape. So Salah is not going to have the luxury of getting that cute very often anymore. It worked out okay the first few games, but finally Atlanta exploded it, and I'm sure other teams will if they get the opportunity. On the roughing call, we both know that call was ridiculous, but Salah can't just come right out and say it because he probably doesn't want to pay the league $50,000. I agree with him. I don't think Becton's Unleash Mims tweet during the game was malicious, but I do think that it probably spoke for a lot of the guys in the locker room who are likewise perplexed that Denzel Mims is not getting more opportunities when the offense is struggling so much. As far as the Mims situation and rectifying it, Obviously, he's not going to try and make this into anything above and beyond what people have speculated, but clearly there's something going on there with Mims and the coaching staff. As Kim Jones of NFL Network said, I hope they work it out because they desperately need somebody with Mims' skill set, size, and speed at this point, especially when you've got Zach Wilson, who's struggling on the easy throws. And is predominantly making plays vertically right now. Mims is one of the best weapons the Jets have in that regard. So they've got to find ways to get him more involved in the offense. And Elijah Moore, same thing. I really don't like the answer that they didn't have enough plays for Elijah Moore. Figure out a way to utilize this guy. Again, Zach Wilson struggling. Elijah Moore, arguably your most dynamic guy because of his speed and his shiftiness. His quick footwork. Find ways to work Elijah Moore into those plays. I know he's getting open, but Jet sweeps, whatever it takes, just get him involved in the game plan, him and Mims. So, Chris, what do you think about all these comments? Saladin straight up come right out and say that the Jets are going to find more ways to integrate Moore and Mims, and I didn't love that fact, to be perfectly honest, because, as I said, going forward, especially with the fact that the Jets are are scoring 2.5 points on average in the first half and this offense just isn't getting going enough. They have got to get out to faster starts and more in Mims I would think based on their skill sets would help a lot in that regard if used properly.
2: I'm just going to be as clear as I can about this. At this point I I have zero interest in anything Robert Sala has to say about Mims. I I don't I don't Would trust or believe a single word that's coming out of his mouth about it? That they they, he just keeps talking, saying the same stuff. Uh, At least he's not talking about a great week of practice anymore. But I'm I'm just it doesn't make sense. You again these these receivers you got out there aren't doing good enough. You need playmakers. You need uh, people uh, to make plays and get open. And like it does, there's no explanation if everything that he's said to us is true, then he should be getting more reps right now. We should have seen it. Um, and, and I know I, I say this all the time. Coaches coaches lie. Coaches and GMs lie. That's part of their job when they're talking to the media. They're supposed to lie. I mean, they, like, they're definitely not supposed to give us the truth because otherwise they're going to end up giving us like game plan stuff. So I'm not knocking him for it. Yeah, I guess that really it's more of just like I wish uh, other reporters would stop asking him about it Because we're not getting anything close to a truthful answer on this at all Like he keeps talking about working his way up and earning reps And it's not happening And the people in front of him aren't doing anything to like stave him off It'd be one thing if if all these other guys in front of them were playing great and the offense is clicking and humming. They can't. They've got like uh, uh, they're getting like seven yards in the first quarter. Like that's what we're talking about here. I think what it was like they add they have like eighty one total first uh, quarter yards, like it's absurd. The offense is struggling so much, and you keep telling me about how he's earning these reps, and they're not coming while the offense is completely struggling. Something's off. Something's not adding up. I, I just the more he he gives us this stuff on a uh, mems the less I am inclined to believe anything else he says about anything else. That's just, that's really where we're at. And again, I come into these pressers knowing what we're in for, knowing to take everything with a grain of salt, but you can't just keep here saying stuff like this to our face like that. Us watching, you know, we're watching the game and now expect me to believe anything else you're saying. So, um, the, you know the the whole thing with the uh, John Franklin Myers huff dropping back in coverage with the John Franklin Myers one that was just simple goal line they sold out for to protect the edges mm-hmm. and and the Falcons put past the ball that that happens all the time I, you've you've seen it happen in every uh, to every uh, coaching staff you ever seen get can get caught up on that on occasion you you gamble and and the goal line you say oh we think they're going to run it we're going to sell out for that and they got beat uh you know the Bryce up one was was different uh so explained and and that that explanation i buy but yeah you you got it that's one of those things your job as a coach is to kind of know when like okay we haven't got caught on this yet but eventually someone's going to catch us on this um I definitely agree with him on the uh the roughing the passer. In fact, I'm ready to go take this a step further and say we need to abolish uh roughing the passer penalties at this point. At least on third downs, uh, you know, I I get it. You want to protect the quarterbacks. I understand this. But I the Chiefs Bills game the other night there was a huge one. I've seen so many drives and so many games swing on a, a dumb, a bad roughing the passer penalty. It's like, it. you know how we talk about this a lot about with pass interferences deep down the field, how th- there was a stretch. It has, it's been calm a, a little bit on it lately, but there was a stretch where it just felt like th- uh, the refs were just bailing out bad offense by throwing that flag. And that's now seems to be what's happening, roughing the passer penalties, especially on third downs. Uh, and then I'm, I'll also take it a step further and say we uh, uh, we need to get on the abolish just refs in general, and we need robots, all robots, all robots. Like uh, I keep seeing people tweet out baseball uh, picture where they have like ball four and the 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 graph of it, and it's right smack dab in the middle of the plate just full out robot refs at this point abolish uh, roughing the passer at least on third and fourth downs and full out robot refs um so yeah that that's my my stances on all that and then yeah i absolutely agree that you need to get more and mims uh uh more involved i think that that's going to happen again i i understood it last week because of the concussion coming off the concussion the short week there but uh, it, this is also going to be largely on Zach to find him because he is getting open.
0: I'm not hating the idea of robot refs, to be honest with you, Chris. I think it'd be kind of cool. Plus, you could sell robot ref action figures, which is a huge bonus, and you would right. think it would put a lot of money into the league's pockets. And you would save a lot of money too on the referees and their salaries. So, something to think about. And now I'm thinking about trying to write a TV series based on this. So maybe, Chris, after we finish recording, we can start working on a pilot series about robot refs. We could just call it robot refs. I think that would work. Connor McGovern spoke as well, by the way. And he said that the good news is that the offense's slow starts are fixable, which is pretty good news. But it's something that needs to be fixed and fixed now. Also said that the coolest thing about Wilson is that he never lets anything break his confidence. Everybody believes in him. Every week we expect bigger and better things from Wilson, a guy who's going to be around a long time, making spectacular plays. We should also add that Robert Sala, who we addressed before, also compared Wilson to Josh Allen, saying that Allen got off to a really rough start, was missing easy, simple throws, just like Wilson is right now, and look at Allen. So that means that this can happen with a rookie quarterback and he can recover. I understand the comparison's not perfect, and as I've said a couple of times, a big difference is that with Josh Allen, you knew it was baked into the cake, that he wasn't making those types of throws. With Wilson, that wasn't anywhere on his tape, so you weren't expecting this, and that's a huge difference. But the general point that you can be a rookie QB have these mental yips, and then come back from it is certainly the truth. So, Chris, we've got Conor McGovern with his vote of confidence for Zach Wilson. Same thing with Robert Sala. Obviously, this is exactly what you would expect them to say, but they said what you thought they would, and this is a presser midweek, and that's more or less what you're going to get.
2: But just a little advice to Robert Sala and every other coach and every other person that ever talk about quarterbacks in the NFL don't use somebody else but josh allen don't don't use josh allen as the example here because josh allen is the outlier of all outliers we have never ever seen a quarterback take the leap in uh improvement uh as we have with josh allen so you, you don't use that as your comparison because you're absolutely right. Of course, we've seen lots of quarterbacks struggle and get a little yippish and uh, struggle and then uh, right the ship later on. That can happen. But there's going to be a whole lot of people getting themselves fired over this next five to 10 years because they're going to be looking at somebody who's, who's not good enough and isn't cutting it and going, we can fix them. They fixed Josh Allen. So, so just use a different quarterback. Don't go the Josh Allen route. Um, the Connor Mcgovern thing. This, this is the saving grace of what I have to try to make Jets fans feel as good as possible. You, you, you know, players. They're always going to tend to back up their quarterback and uh, talk about them publicly. You know, support them. But players don't go and offer things up about their rookie quarterbacks the, quite the same way that we've seen with this team. The you know I'm thinking about week one, CJ Mosley just being like, "Nah, this kid's gonna be fine." Like the way that these players believe in him, they, it's it's different than anything I've seen. Uh, now I I can't you know I can't compare it. the the league for every other quarterback and obviously you know the quarterbacks I have seen haven't panned out so well but the the praise that Sam Darnold was getting it wasn't the same the the players that would back up and support Sam Darnold and they weren't bringing the same type of energy to it with Zach Wilson these players do genuinely believe that Zach Wilson is going to be a good quarterback. Now they could be wrong. They could be wrong, but they, they believe it more than, than I've ever seen teammates believe it. I, that much I can guarantee you. They believe in this kid and the, uh, the short throws it's a baffling what's going on. It doesn't make sense, but you do have to give him credit because he is unflappable. It does not seem to be bothered by anything. Um, so like, he's not getting down on himself, beating himself up too much. He doesn't like, you don't get this. Even when things are kind of spiraling, snowballing, you, you you're like, okay, what's the, you get scared on every throw because you know, that's how it goes. And it's also baked into your uh, DNA at this point as a Jets fan, things start going bad, but it, it's not the same feeling as, uh, the other quarterbacks of in the past where you just felt like they they had given up and they were already defeated and they were already thinking about the next mistake they were going to make uh it it doesn't have that same feeling so there there's your hope that things can get turned around That that that's what i can offer you that's the best i got for you guys at this point
0: And now you know the midweek news courtesy of the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, thank you so much for coming on, as always. Really appreciate it. Check out everything Chris is doing at JetsInsider.com. And follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant's got some great breakdowns of all 22 footage involving the Jets defensive line, Zach Wilson, and a whole lot more. So check out our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, check out our store at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. That's t e e Public.com. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt with him pointing downfield like he did with Corey Davis in the Tennessee Titans game. We've also got... The John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zack the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt. It's all available right now at the Play Like a Jet store over at TEEpublic.com. Just search for Play Like a Jet and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and jet.com
2: Hey, Drew
1: Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com.
2: Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
1: Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.